This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 365 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Brought to you this week by Kentucky Performance Products, EcoVet, and Total Saddle Fit. This is Coach Jen from Ocala, Florida, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Reese and Philip are out and about this week, so sit back, tuck in your earbuds, and enjoy this podcast from the past. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from, uh, I can't do his voice. This is Glenn Geek from, <laughs> from uh, Ocala, Florida. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Glenn. Hi. Philip is uh, under the weather. He's a bit yeah. sick. He joined us for the interviews earlier tonight. And you'll hear why he's not doing the rest of the show, because nobody wants to listen to that for an hour. So. Oh, and he sounded so sad. It was, he, he took one for the team, everybody. He, he was here on time, and, and we had te- I had technical problems, and he waited. And, oh, he, but by the time we got through the interviews, I'm like, you just sound go to, terrible. Go to bed. Go to bed. Like, we're done. Glenn and I, Glenn and I will do it. So, so you've got Glenn and I this evening. So, Glenn, how are you? You haven't been on in a while. I know. I'm doing great. Uh, I, I got to do some fun things we'll talk about here in a minute. You have a couple great. of fun guests tonight. Tell us about those. We do. We have a, a good friend of ours, Aiden Uller. She has been on the show several times and, and has a great new announcement about being sponsored by Nike. So we're going to hear she all about... She has made the news all over the place. Yeah, she has. And she's such a great girl and great person and great family and hard worker. So um, I am such a cheerleader for her. So I can't wait to have her on and, and hear about all her success and, and her experience with Nike because that was pretty cool. And we have Jessica Spracklin, who was a part of the winter intensive uh, training program with London Gray this winter. And she had just an amazing uh, time down there. And I can't wait to hear all about her experience uh, with that program. So lots of fun stuff tonight. And of course, you and uh, Philip are going to do a training tip a little later on, responding to a question from a listener about cantering. So that's all coming up here. We got Philip. That was the last thing he did before yeah. he passed out. <laughs> we exactly. made him do that. <laughs> I'm probably going to check on him later. He sounded that bad, actually. <laughs> Poor guy. We've got some news. Um, there's some exciting things going on. Uh, I, I'm sure. I don't know. Here in Kentucky, the grass got green literally this week. Yay! Yeah. Uh, I know. <laughs> and we have our first horse show this weekend. So uh, it felt like forever that we were never getting to horse show season. And then now it's here. So it's so nice to have it finally upon us. So we've got a group going this weekend to our first show. So it's a small show because I think a lot of people uh, aren't ready yet. <laughs> aren't ready yet. We you know we're, we're it's, it's, thankfully I have the indoor. You have an indoor. Your horse yeah, is not legged up. Not ready. You're not ready for the show. So so that's pretty cool that we're we're ready to go. But um, some exciting things. Just tried to pull some stuff off the internet that was that was fun. Um. So May 10th through the 11th, Dr. Gerd Heuschman is actually coming to Lebanon, Ohio, and he's um, a world-renowned expert in equine biomechanics, and he's going to lead a, a symposium at Dancing Horse Farm, and this is uh, – he's, he's an incredible man. He wrote the book uh, Tug of War, 
classical versus modern dressage. Uh, so he's a really cool, interesting man and, uh, it's in Ohio. So if anyone's around there, it's worth your time to, to go and listen to him speak. Um, so that will be, that's a exciting thing. Um, and it's a dancing horse farm, uh, owner and head trainer, Jen Truitt, uh, who's having the symposium. So I hope that that's something people can head off to. And also some news that came out of um, USEF, United States Equestrian Federation, this week is Chris Welton, Olympic and global sports marketing leader, will be the new chief executive officer. Um, And Chris was appointed. He built his career at uh, top of the sports marketing and branding, beginning at the 96 Olympics. Um, And he was announced Tuesday that he is taking over um, the reins from John Long, who's been there for 10 years. So that's some exciting news. I didn't even know that John was on his way out. Yeah, yeah. It's been in the works, I think, for a little while. I've known for at least a couple months that he was, um, was heading out. So, um, this will be exciting and, and branding and marketing is what we need. So, uh, that'll be, that'll be good to see what happens with that. So, yeah, it looks like they didn't go for an ex rider here. They went for somebody who knows the business side of things, which right. in that position, there's enough riders in the USEF hierarchy. Yes. That, uh, you know, with all the committees and boards and everything else they got going that, uh, this was probably a very wise move. I think so. I think so. So I think that's great. And some some big changes over there. So that's good. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Spring is here, and so are pastures full of luscious green grass. Spring grass is high in vitamins, minerals, and sugar. Most horses have little problem adjusting to the changing sugar levels found in spring pasture, but for at-risk horses, grazing on sugary grass can lead to big problems such as colic or laminitis. By paying attention to daily temperatures and following a couple of simple rules, you can limit your horse's access to such sugar-laden grasses. In the spring and fall of the year, limit grazing or stop it completely when daytime temperatures are warm and nighttime temperatures are below 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Under these conditions, the grass produces sugar during the day and it stores it in its leaves. At night, the plant transfers the stored up sugars to the roots and stems to fuel the growth. If the evening temperatures are cold, the grass will not make that transfer and all of the sugar will remain in the leaves where it is readily available to your horse. In the summer when days are sunny and nights are warm, it is safe to allow grazing in the early morning hours, but it should be restricted late in the afternoon or evening. This is because most of the sugar that was produced the previous day has been used for growth overnight. Therefore, the level of sugar in the leaves is low in the morning. But as the day progresses, the grass once again accumulates sugar in its leaves in preparation for nighttime growth. So later in the day, the more sugar-packed leaves become. Because grass is a great source of essential vitamin E, horses that are restricted from grazing, especially easy keepers and horses in hard work, may develop vitamin E deficiencies. Lack of vitamin E can result in sore, stiff muscles and neurological problems. Elevate Maintenance Powder from Kentucky Performance Products is an affordable way to provide your horse with the vitamin E missing from his diet. 
Each scoop provides 1,000 international units of natural vitamin E, and natural vitamin E is absorbed and retained in the tissues at a much greater rate than the synthetic vitamin E found in many feeds and supplements. Best of all, when you choose a Kentucky Performance product supplement, you get a 100% satisfaction guarantee. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, it is my pleasure this evening to welcome Jessica Strachlin, who was a part of the Winter Intensive Training Program, or WIT for short, through Dressage for Kids. And she was in Wellington, Florida with London Gray all winter. Jessica, welcome to the program. Hi. <laughs> We're glad you're here with us tonight. So I'm glad you, to be here. You came last week for a lesson and you were telling me all about Lyndon's program in Florida and it was so cool. So I told, I we were walking around and chatting about the program and I said, stop, we're going to have to do this on the radio show next week. So so Jessica, tell us a little bit about yourself to start with, and then we're going to move into um, what the program was like. Um, I'm 18 years old, and I've been riding in Ohio for about seven years at my family's farm, and um, I'm just starting to get into dressage, and I got accepted into London's program, and that really just opened doors for me. And I went to Florida and changed my life. <laughs> so, so tell us what, what is the pro. So, kind of from the whole start, um, how did you apply for the program? How did you hear about the program? And then, kind of move on from there. Well, I heard about the program kind of through a roundabout way um, through some family friends actually that have nothing to do with horses. Um, but then I went online. Dressage for Kids has a website, and I applied, just thinking, you know, maybe I'll get in, maybe I'll get to go. It'd be amazing. And I got into the program and a whole bunch of decisions real quick and whirlwind trip to Florida. And I was in Florida, Wellington for three months, experiencing all massage happenings there. So tell us, like, what was your normal day like? Um, a normal day would start at 630 in the barn. We were in charge of our own horses. We got to bring our own horses down, which was pretty awesome. Um so after feeding and mucking, we would do fitness, and then lessons would start around 8, and we'd all take lessons with Lyndon, and sometimes some guest instructors would come in and teach us. And then in the afternoons, we would have lectures with different professionals in the area. Excellent. And feeding again. Yeah, that, so. sounds, that sounds pretty awesome, yeah. So what were some personal goals that you had put put together in 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 going to Florida and and some things that you were able to achieve? My personal goal for Florida was to really understand what dressage was and to work on me as a rider and my horse. Neither of us really truly understood what throughness was or what dressage really meant for us. I was an event rider for a while. Um, and going to Florida just opened my eyes. We came out and started to understand what real dressage riding was. I got to watch the top riders in the nation compete and train, and that just was amazing. And then 
the end of the season, I did one show at Global, and we scored a 61 at first level. So that kind of made my day. Yeah, absolutely. So what, who was your favorite or, or maybe maybe your top three guests that you, you talked to or, or you listened to this winter? Oh, wow. That's really hard to pick. Um, <laughs> we got to go to the Global Dressage Forum and listen to Jan Binks give a clinic, which was absolutely amazing. Um, he was my favorite, too. I love, he's my personal favorite. He was just my favorite. I loved him. Agreed. Um, And then we got to go to Tina Kanye's farm and watch her ride Collecto. And she talked to us about her training techniques. And let's see a third. We talked to several veterinarians and nutritionists throughout the season. And that just in general was pretty cool. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. No, no, that's great. So tell us, I'm a little concerned. What was this fitness program? That kind of freaks me out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we, seven o'clock every morning, we would go for a run. Um, Sometimes we would do some like um, hit work. So squats and jumping jacks and sprints and some of that core, lots of core. Um, work. Lyndon and a lot of people believe that being fit was great for riding, which it is. So we. So how, many, how many other riders are were down there with you, and how big is this program? And there were thirteen of us in the program, um, and we did everything together. It was really fun, really great bonding experience for all of us. So who were some of the other riders that were there? Um, Katrina Sadies on Poldy 10. She did a lot of the FEI ponies at Global. And then there was Kaya Anderson and um, a lot of others. There's Alex from Ohio. Um, we came from all over the states to come. Oh, that's fabulous. So the the program was three months. What did you do um, when it came to the housing and that type of thing? Housing, we were all responsible to find our own housing. So some people lived together. Some people found random friends that they had in Florida. I got housing with um, a family that agreed to take me in for the winter. Oh, super. Very cool. So what what are you going to take, you know, stepping forward in your career? Where, where are you going to go with this program? I, The WIT program was really a springboard for me. I feel like I am geared up and ready to go after my goals with my horse. And this year I'm going to try to qualify for regionals um, and maybe eventually do young riders with them. I think he and I can make it. Awesome. Well, I hope so too. Cause now you're now you're here back in Ohio, and you're not too far from me. So we're excited to have you join our team as well. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for telling us about this program. If people want to learn a little bit more about the WIT program, but also the all the things that are offered through Dressage for Kids, what are some what are some things that they can do to do that? 
Um, Dressage for Kids has a website. It's Dressage for Kids, four as in the letter or the number. Um, and then there's also a Facebook page that is pretty active. Super. And um, for the WIT program, when did you do your application? When do you have to have that in? It's due in October, I believe. Okay. So, so people need to kind of be thinking about it and potentially um, get on that for next winter even. Yeah, definitely. Um, some of the things that required, you know, extensive application, talking about yourself and your goals, and then a video of you riding. Ah, super. Right was there an essay component or anything like that, or was it? A lot of the questions, you know, you could answer them in essay or statements, whichever you prefer. Super. Well, great. Well, it really, truly sounds like an amazing program. I want to sign up, but the fitness makes me component makes me slightly nervous. You're younger than me. What can I say? But um, I hope you continue it on, and we look forward to having you here in Kentucky and, and also just seeing how this program leads to you becoming a professional rider. So thanks so much for your time, Jessica, and we look forward to hearing from you in the future. Wouldn't it be wonderful if your horse could enjoy a zone of repellency from pesky flies? Well, he can with EcoVet. EcoVet is an entirely new type of fly repellent that is safe for horses and those applying it, offering a real alternative to toxic pesticides like pyrethrins. EcoVet confuses an insect's normal directional ability, the bug's GPS, if you will. So if it can't locate your horse, it can't bite your horse. Dr. Wendy Ying from the Driving Radio Show has been using it in South Florida, also known as the Jurassic Park of biting insects, and she just loves it. EcoVet's active ingredients are naturally occurring food-grade fatty acids that have been clinically shown to improve the condition of horses with difficult-to-treat sweet itch problems. EcoVet is effective on mosquitoes, ticks, noceums, as well as flies. You can visit EcoVet online at eco-vet.com for more information or to order. You can find EcoVet at Dover Saddlery Stores and EcoVets on Facebook. Just search EcoVet, E-C-O-V-E-T. Well, next up is Aiden Uller. She is the girl in the news uh, these days because she was uh, just announced that she is now being sponsored by Nike. So uh, Aiden's a good friend of mine and, and look forward to this interview. Well, it is so exciting to have our dear friend of the Dressage Radio Show, Aiden Uller's on. Um, Aiden, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I am great. Aiden is the gold medalist um, from juniors, and she won the gold medal last year at Young Riders here in Kentucky. So um, she's a dear friend of mine. And just to have you on and get an update, things have been changing in your neck of the woods, huh? Yes, extremely. I'm I'm completely just amazed with everything that's been going on, and I uh with Nike and everything is just so exciting and Shapur and I are definitely loving the new gear and I can't wait to see what Nike can uh, help uh, me in becoming a better athlete and, and ever, or all around it'd be amazing. 
Great. Well, let's start with this. So I was super excited um, to call you about this because I heard, I knew it was going on maybe a little bit earlier than everybody else, not too much earlier, but I had a little, <laughs> little, little extra from your mom and from you. Um, so tell us about Nike. This is a big deal for riders and sponsorship for all of us. So, so tell us what's going on. Well, I initially, um, when Nike contacted me, I was just completely stunned and be like, uh, are you me? Are you sure? <laughs> hmm. I little old me, I never even thought I could get anything like this, but I come, I've been coming to a point where I needed to start, uh, thinking of ways to support my riding financially because my parents can't support me for the rest of my life. I'm not going to be living with them forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, was like, you know, why not? Why can't I send something? Uh, the worst thing that they could do is say no. And kind of here I am now. And apparently they didn't say no. Exactly. So you're the first equestrian to ever be sponsored by Nike, right? I believe so. Um, and I've, uh, at least not in the U.S. I'm, they're not quite sure if there's anybody else around the world, but I, I believe so. <laughs> Awesome. So you literally just had a huge trip with them. Am I right? Yes. I went up to Oregon to visit the nice campus and it's one of the most beautiful places on earth. And I love Oregon. It's in uh, Beaverton in Oregon. I think it's right outside of Portland, but it's, I definitely am missing up uh, the up north uh, where I was in up in Seattle before. I mean, everything, the greenery is just amazing and the hiking trails and running trails and they have so many different activities there it's I, if I ever had to work in an office I would want to work there <laughs> and that's saying something because I never want to work in an office in my life <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do when you got there so what was what was you went up you flew up there so what happened when you got there when I got there, I had one day to kind of prepare. So I hung out at my hotel. But the next day, I had a, a beautiful tour um, with some very nice people. And they showed me around the campus and told me a little bit about the history uh, of everything. And then after that, I was in meetings and meetings and meetings. <laughs> and I felt so grown up going in there and, and you know, talking to the women's division about what I do in my sport and what I really hope to accomplish with my, uh, my athletic and, and training goals, uh, both riding and, uh, like cross training. And there we seem to be really excited about this. I mean, no, they've never been in, uh, introduced to any dressage before any dressage riders. So it's a whole new world for them as well. And they seem to be really intrigued with everything and what I do. And <laughs> I'm trying to tell them that it's riding. Everybody thinks that riding is the person just sits up on a horse and does nothing and the horse does everything. But I've definitely cleared that up with them that that is not it. <laughs> that a girl. I like it. Yeah, it's really amazing. And uh, what is this? After the meetings and then I was it? around like six o'clock. I was in meetings all day. It was so amazing. <laughs> and uh, I got to go to the Nike employee store and bought a few things for my friends and family. And I was really excited about it and got to give them a little back to my support team because they're the ones that got me here in the first place. 
so they needed to get something back in return. <laughs> Aww, I love it. Yes. And Grandma's all excited. She got some new tennis shoes, and she's running around in them today, and I was so <laughs> happy watching her enjoy her new product. And you have a very supportive family. I've gotten to meet your whole family, your parents and your grandma, and everybody is so, so supportive of your riding. Um, so, and that's so, so nice to see. Your grandma moved with you to Seattle, and now you guys live in California, right? Yes. Grandma also followed me down there, too. <laughs> exactly. I love it. And she likes the weather probably a lot better than Seattle. I'm, she was getting having enough of the gloom and doom of the rain. And now we're in sunny California where it was just 85 degrees yesterday. <laughs> oh, don't don't talk like that because Philip may, may really feel very sick when you talk about the weather in California. <laughs> So, so Aiden, tell us, there's been, yeah, there's been some changes in your riding. What's been going on with you and Shapur? Well, Shapur and I have moved to Albert Court, and we are training with Christine Trowig, and I call her the magical unicorn of dressage because she's so fantastic. It's kind of our inside joke, and I got her this cute little uh, beanie baby unicorn to have our little uh, inside joke um, stuffed animal. <laughs> it was She's just completely amazing, and I love her training, and she's just this, uh, I, the words that I use to describe her are basically the magical unicorn of dressage. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> if you can really describe her uh, anything other than that. But just, <laughs> I am just astounded with her and her whole being and training, and I just love her personality and the way that she trains. It's definitely uh Shapur and I have been improving greatly so now what's the plan with Shapur this year you you can't come back to young riders unfortunately with him because you won last year that's a rule you, once you win they kind of kick you out on on that particular horse so what's going on with him and, and with you uh well Shapur and I uh we are going to be doing some I won um I don't think we are going to do the trying out for Gladstone, but just, it, we wanted to see how he does it. I won, not just for him, but for me, because I need to start preparing for a Brentina horse. Uh, and he can teach me the nuances of the upper levels and I can really perfect my riding to help, uh, prepare myself for the next horse. So I'm really excited about that. <laughs> Awesome. That's fabulous. So you're doing I won, doing the small tour this year and going to see what, where that brings you. I love it. Yes. And he seems to be really liking it. He likes his two tempies a lot. <laughs> I have to be like, <laughs> whoa there. <laughs> oh, you guys have such an awesome partnership. So now Aiden, tell us going kind of back to the Nike thing. Wh what are, what are your favorite new products that you've gotten? Oh, I love, um, what is this? The Nike running fleece, my new jacket. I uh, it's uh, what is it? It's like a gr light gray color with black piping, and it's complete like so soft. I am really about fabrics, and they they have to be soft and comfortable, or else I get freaked out about it, and I cannot focus on anything else. But I really like to wear it to the barn or over everyday clothes, and everything is just so well-made and so uh, functional, and I really do love all of their products. But that was one of my favorite jackets. I love the Nike um, 
was it the Nike running tech uh, pants, and they have these beautiful patterns. They're so colorful to be working out in, and I really love uh, good quality products, and they're amazing. I mean, they're what is it? Um, for running around and doing my regular routine from running up and down stairs and around my park and Pilates and yoga, I've been starting to do all these different workouts and to start upping my game as an athlete. And it's really exciting that they can provide me with all these products to help me with uh, obtain my athletic goals outside of riding. Now, Aiden, do, do you have anything that you're obligated to do by contract for them? Right now, I'm, they're just helping me be the better athlete. Uh, they don't require anything of me. They just really have, they really like my story and what I want to do uh, in the future. And they just want to help me as a person and an athlete and to succeed and achieve my goal. So they, <laughs> I'm amazed at this. Yeah, it's really exciting. And I was just amazed that somebody wanted, uh, believed in me. And, and that's not just a, um, a one person, but a whole company. And not just a small company, but an extremely large company that can believe in me. And, uh, and it's, I'm really honored for them to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that sponsorship is, is, a, is a whole new animal, but I think that, um, you know, riders to be sponsored is, is a huge deal, but, you know, they also look for the right people and the right story. And I think that, you know, you have that and you're the right, you're the right kind of person. You're just so kind and humble and you work really, well, really you. hard. It's true. I mean, I think that that's, you know, we, we always talk about sponsors and people think that, you know, it's so easy to get sponsors and it, and it's not, it's not easy to keep them and it's not easy to get sponsors. So I think that, you know, getting a huge multi, you know, international company to sponsor you, but also have them look at riders in general is, is amazing. So I think that that's thumbs up to you because I think that that will help really open some other sponsorship doors for all riders. Um, yeah, that's what I was really thinking about because if Nike shows an interest in our sport, then other companies are going to be looking to Nike being like, Hey, what are they doing? I want to do some of that. And maybe they will look at some other riders and start making dressage a, a more recognized sport. Exactly. Which would be great. I'm looking at pictures of uh, the Nike campus you were at in Oregon, the inside <laughs> pictures with all of the, the, the football player mannequin, just everything that they have displayed there. This is an unbelievable place. Oh, yes. It's like part museum, part uh, Disneyland. <laughs> wow. It really is. If you're a sports nut, you would love this place. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was sending so many pictures to my dad. They have a Nolan Ryan building and us being from Texas and he working for the Texas Rangers. He was obsessed with that building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet your dad is super excited to have, to have you oh, sponsored yeah. by Nike. That's pretty awesome. I love it. Oh, yeah. He's really excited. And he was like, send me some shoes, Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> New shoes. Oh, that's super. Yeah. Did, were there any other athletes that were there while you were there? Or were you, you there by yourself? Um, I was there by myself. There was uh, some, um, what was it? 
so uh, there was a lady hockey player from Canada. I can't remember her name, but oh, uh, I'm sure they were running around there somewhere, but I was basically shuffled place to place and pretty quick. I met a, a lot of the teams that are going to be helping me out uh, and, you know, planning my workout schedules and everything and what I need uh, for future products. And they, um, what was it? Uh, they were mainly the people that I was meeting and they were absolutely fantastic. I've never met such an amazing uh, like group of people who were like so driven to help me besides my family, of course, but the whole company, they were just so helping and so nice and inviting and intrigued with my sport. And I was really uh, amazed to meet them. That's awesome. Has Nike opened any doors for any other sponsorship that, that you, you've started? Have you kind of built on this experience at all? Um, not yet, um, but I'm hoping there can be some new things um, happening soon. Um, right now, we're just trying to work on getting a next, uh, the next horse for me. Um, um, what was it? But my agent, is Cheryl Shade, she's working real hard and trying to help me. And it's funny because I got... Nike before I got the agent. <laughs> I did it backwards. Yeah, you did and, do it backwards. <laughs> but uh, anyway, she's amazing and she's going to help me uh, and with opening um, new doors and trying to get uh, what's it, um, people to help support me, not just with products, but financially. And um, I'm really excited about the, our future together. And she's stunning and I just love her to death already. <laughs> Excellent. Well, as always, we would love to keep hearing about your journey and, and as you kind of continue the sponsorship, I, can, I hope it's a role because um, again, you're really uh, changing the way people look at sponsorship for a rider. So keep it up. And as always, it's from your Kentucky family. We love to stay in touch and um, <laughs> we will be in touch. Love you guys too. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Aiden. We'll be in touch soon and we look forward to having you on the show again. All right. I would love to be back again. <laughs> Great. And Aiden, if our listeners want to contact you, how, how do they how do they do that? Um, besides uh through my Facebook, um I uh through my agent, Cheryl Shade, she at Shade Global, she will forward any questions to me and I would be happy to answer all uh, any and all questions. Super. Well, we hope it, it will lead to a new horse for sure. <laughs> I hope so. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, that is so cool to be the first equestrian to get a sponsorship from Nike. Love it. Oh, and Love I want to see their headquarters. That looks I absolutely unbelievable. I mean, just, it, looks I like a, it does look like a museum inside. It is so cool. A museum to sports. I love it. Uh, yeah. And good for her. She seems like a real sweetie. And, and She uh, is. Great yeah. person. So I'm excited. And she'll she'll bring such good um, rapport, and, but also, you know, show Nike that there's some really, really wonderful people that ride. So look forward to hearing how her riding improves with all of, all of their help. And, and that'll be great. I hope she'll pa- pass it along to me, and then I'll pass it along to you guys. The Saddle Fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the Shoulder Relief Girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. 
traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girths' recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. Well, we got a trainer tip question on our Facebook page at Dressage Radio Show. Take a look at it there. Like us there. And Philip was with us earlier to record the answer because I would have been no help at all. So <laughs> let's take a listen to that. Okay, guys, this one's from Rita Hansen on our Facebook page. Hi, Reese and Philip. I have a training question for you. It's a little bit long. I shortened it up a little. I have a coming 11-year-old Morgan Gelding. We practice dressage, trail ride, and have recently got into distance riding. My gelding has a good work ethic, is sensitive in a good way, but can take pressure. He, his preferred gait is the trot, and he will happily and easily lengthen his trot to keep up with cantering horses. That comes from uh, Morgan's being a uh, driving horse, uh, mostly. If I ask for the canter going across cross-country, he will comply, and it's lovely to ride, whether working or collected. In the dressage ring, it is quite different. He is nervous about the canter and will deal with even the slightest imbalance by dropping out of the canter. Uh, uh, I also have yet to find a way to explain canter walk to him. His walk canter transition is fine, but no matter what I've tried, he will sneak in at least one trot stride in between the canter and walk nine out of ten times. He thinks I'm asking the impossible. Do you have any suggestions for improving the canter in general for a horse that prefers the trot and dropping out of the canter walk transition in particular? I suspect they are all related. Thank you. You're both awesome, as are your guests. And I listen to every show at least twice to get every tidbit. Oh, that's so sweet. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Well, you know, Morgans were originally bred for driving, and, and in driving, trot is the gate you want. You don't want a lot of cantering. So Yeah, you don't want them cantering a whole lot in, it's, in it's the It's uncomfortable cart. in the cart, first of all. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Not good. So, um, Philip, do you want me to take it first? Yeah, Reese, yeah. Okay, I'm perfect. ready to hear from Reese Coffer-Stanfield. <laughs> Thank you, Philip. As everybody knows, Philip's not feeling so hot today, so I'm going to take it, and, and, and Philip will, it will join in here in a minute, but... Yeah. Um, you know, it's tough. It's, it's tricky. You know, we always say when you pick a horse, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you always, you, you can't change the canter. You can improve in the walk, really. The canter and the walk are kind of two things that you got. Uh, you can improve the trot. So this is a tricky kind of uphill battle um, that, that if we, you know, we, we came for a lesson and we were working on this, I, that would be kind of the first thing that I would say is, is it is very difficult to get them to canter. Um, it is great that he canters well outside. Um, I would personally capitalize on that a lot. If, if you're cantering well outside, I would, um, and, and now thankfully we're getting to the time of the year where, where we can ride outside. Um, I would, I would canter outside. I would first start cantering where he can canter. And then I would start to kind of shorten up where the canter, how, how you're cantering. So let's say you're cantering in a big field, then I would start to half the field, then I would start to quarter the field. Um, just because we're trying to capitalize 
on what he can do well. Um, and so that he gets some confidence while he's doing that. So that would be my first thing is that I would start cantering outside where you can get him to canter. One of the reasons you're having trouble getting him to canter in the ring is obviously balance. And um, it's, it's much harder depending on the size of the ring. Let's just, uh, for, for sake of, of discussion, a 20 by 60, a normal dressage arena, that can be quite tight for some horses to make the turn in. So, um, so that's why I would start cantering where he's comfortable and I would start to make the size of where you're cantering a little bit smaller to kind of help him get the balance. Um, I also wouldn't be afraid of, to lunge this horse a little bit in the arena um, and in the canter and work on getting him to be stronger in the canter, uh, especially on the lunge line. Um, Cause if he's dropping out, he's nervous about cantering. Um, it, it could very well help him to start with the lunge line and, and get the balance. Um, I would say, you know, if you're having trouble just with the basic canter, um, a canter walk transition is actually quite a difficult transition. It, we don't see it um, at all. Canter walk comes in at, at second level test one. So you will have already done training in first level and worked on the balance. And in theory, with that canter walk transition, the horse will already need to have some level of collection. So that's why, you know, if you kind of break it down, if you're not able to keep the rhythm of the canter, a three beat rhythm, and and, and he breaks out of the canter and he struggles with that transition, that's why. So, um, and that's why you're also having trouble with the canter walk transition because they really have to sit and collect behind. So one of the things that, again, I would do is, is I would work outside, I would lunge, um, I would potentially back off the canter walk transition for a little while until I was really able to ride what I call kind of an exaggerated half halt in the canter when you could kind of canter on a, on a 10 meter circle. Ideally, um, I like to do and start with my canter walks against the wall of the arena or the, uh, of the arena or my indoor, which is even better, an actual wall, um, and and do that walk transition toward the wall where the horse is naturally going to back off the wall. Um, so that's what I would do. And so until I'm able to sort of ride a, a good 10-meter circle in the canter, balanced, where I can get them to sit on their haunches a little bit, again, I would back off that canter walk transition. Um, I think that once you're able to get the horse to do that and, and be more balanced and more comfortable sort of in their own rhythm and in their own skin in the canter, uh, then, in theory, the canter walk transition should be a, an easier transition. But you're right; there can be absolutely no trot steps in that. It's a canter walk. It's not canter one step trot walk. So that's what I would do. I would, I would, I would just kind of scale it back. I always try to look at problems like this. In, in, in whenever you have a problem in a higher level movement, I guarantee there's a problem with a basic somewhere. So I always try to sort of stop and think, okay, where is the issue on the training scale. Um, and it sounds like you can go all the way back to rhythm in the canter. Um, when he drops out of the canter, he especially drops in that canter walk transition. And I would go back and, and do some more transition work with him till I was able to collect him, have him carry his balance and carry his weight behind. And then you'll be in much better shape. So Philip, that's what I got. What do you got for us? Good thoughts, Reese. Um, I'm kind of reminded back to my Frisian days. They have a lot of problems cantering, especially in a small ring. So I had to really get creative, you know, canter a lot outside in big spaces and then figure out how am I going to fit this big canter 
into the small ring, you know? And the way that I did that is that I really, the, the biggest struggle for the horses were the corners. And so when I was riding outside, even if it was a big space, I rode the box. I think that's one of the hardest things for all horses when they learn to canter is not to race around the corners and make my my nice rectangle ring into a big oval. So, um, you know, do transitions in the corners, try and ride a deeper and a deeper corner. Then you can use the corner to really half halt the horse, set them on the hind legs a little bit, and then you can do, you know, your walk, canter transitions. It, it'll all come from that, right? Because, uh, you know, the horses, they, they just want to curve. They want to make big circles in the canter. They want to make big shapes, big figures, really being able to half halt and turn the horse on a more of a 90 degree angle. Um, I think that's, that's worth doing really worth practicing proper corners in the canter, because I think that's what we miss, uh, big time. So that was what, you know, I really spent a lot of time doing that, uh, with the Frisian and, uh, and then he learned, he learned how to, how to take weight on the hind leg. And, and the other thing that, that, that horse needs is a little bit extra collection more than what you know what the warm bloods would take that he that was really key to to learning how to canter and keep the rhythm and keep the balance and get those walk canter transitions really go for more and more collection and uh and the horse will learn confidence and not racing and and i think it's just you know don't think about speed right the horse has to have no speed at all they can learn to relax and really carry themselves nicely in the canter so I think that's about that's about that's my two cents worth there. I love it. Even even sick, you have a good. Yeah, I'm sorry. Kit, so, I, I sound uh, horrible. I'm sorry to everyone this week. That is I, so good. I love it. Even sick, Philip can can get it. But I agree. I mean, I think you know we we don't ride enough corners, and we're not good enough about riding corners. And counterbend, you know. Yeah. For a corner to happen well in canter, the horse has to be able to counterbend. So bend both ways in the canter. It's so, so, so important to get straightness. Uh, you can't collect unless you have a little bit of that outside shoulder underneath you. It takes a little counterbend to do that sometimes. So, sorry, that's a little extra. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that those are all such great, great things. So uh, I love it. I think those are really good tips for, for all of us. And, you know, again, you can take that and, and put it to anybody, any, any horse's canner. Any um, horse, can, yeah, to yeah, improve the I mean, canner, any horse. Exactly. Yeah. That's not just necessarily, you know, that's just not, not, that could be Not necessarily your, your traditional driving horses, but I mean, they, they, they can benefit from that a lot. Exactly. Exactly. So I love it. I hope that tri- that tip helps. And again, we love listener questions. Keep them coming. Uh, like I said, if we can't answer them, we'd love to grab somebody else that can. So thanks so much for the listener question. And we look forward to more in the future. Well, Glenn, thanks so much for coming on the show and filling in. You're always here, but you had to jump in today to help me with the show since Philip is under the weather. All right. So thank you. Uh, no problem. Anytime with you, Reese. You know I like hanging <laughs> out with you. Don't forget, you can listen to us and all of the shows on the Horse Radio Network on the Horse Radio Network app. It's the easiest, simplest way to listen to the shows. If you have IRS, iOS or Android, just go to the App Store and search for Horse Radio Network. That is the simplest way to do do it. And Reese can be found at maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. Thank you, everybody. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we will talk to you next week. Bye.